listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or the World Watch List, you can visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast, where we help you pray for your persecuted family. My name is Andrew. This is Jared. Uh, this week, we're not just going to help people pray for their persecuted family. Uh, we also want to do a little more informing, give a little more information. Isn't that right, Jared? That's right. So if you've followed along with the World Watch Weekly Podcast, you will no doubt at this point be familiar with the World Watch List, which is our ranking of the top 50 countries where it is the most difficult to live as a Christian. Today, we wanted to go a little bit more in depth about one particular aspect of the World Watch List itself. Right. So the World Watch List is, is a ranking of 50 countries, but they're put in that rank because they're each given a persecution score out of 100. And so we've talked about this before, but in case some people are unfamiliar, that persecution score is made, out of, made up from six different spheres or categories. Each sphere is given a score of 16 and two-thirds, out of 16 and two-thirds. When they're added up, it's a score out of 100. And that's their persecution score and how they're ranked. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about these categories. Um, I've got them written down here. So I'll run through them quickly. The six categories of persecution that we consider, the six spheres, there's persecution in the private life. So how free is a Christian to simply be a Christian, to convert? Can you own a Bible? Can you practice faith uh, privately? There is uh, family life. So how free are Christians to follow Jesus within the context of a family? Is there any threat of being kicked out of family circles? That kind of thing. There is community life. So can Christians live without harassment or discrimination in the community? Does faith affect education, employment, etc.? National life. Are national institutions like government, media, uh, uh, legal systems, are they opposed to Christianity? Do you receive harassment or discrimination mm -hmm. on a national level? There is uh, church life. Are Christians allowed to worship together? Can you construct a church? Are churches monitored by the government? That kind of thing. And then the sixth category is violence, which we're going to expand on in just a moment. But all six of these categories put together create the persecution score for a country. Right. So what we want to do today, uh, and we're really we're going to begin a, a series where we're going to focus on each one of these spheres and, uh, and talk a little bit about that sphere and then maybe focus in on a country where that country particularly experiences persecution from that the sphere that we're talking about. And, and so today we're going to start with violent persecution. Yeah, and one thing that uh, we really value on the World Watch List, something that's important, is that it's accurate. And that, you know, that goes without saying, but we really do take the data in the World Watch List very seriously. That's right. So we want it to be accurate. We want it to be definitive. The list is audited every year by a, a third party, and it's produced uh, after extensive research. I mean, we've mentioned it on the podcast before, more than 4,000 people are involved. Uh, but to be very blunt, uh, we don't want the list to be something that can people can look at and say, oh, they're just making that up. Oh, Christians are just trying to make themselves the victims, right? We want the information contained in it to be verifi verifiable. Yeah. And that means when it comes to violent persecution, we are only considering violence that is the direct result of someone's faith. Right. 
It has to be very specific. A given country might endure violence for other reasons, through war, instability, or what have you. But if the violence isn't uh, specifically targeted, if Christians aren't specifically targeted, we don't consider that on the no. World Watch List. I mean, we, we talked about this on the episode about Afghanistan. And this is why Afghanistan dropped this year, because their violence score dropped, because the violence wasn't specifically targeted at people for their faith. Yes, it was to everyone. Um, now, violence can, can also take many different forms. So the most obvious that you might think of is uh, physical attacks, beatings. This can sometimes overlap with other types of persecution. Yeah. Um, an example, uh, let's say in a given country, one is legally allowed to follow Jesus, but in doing so, uh, maybe gets ostracized from their community and, uh, and doesn't have a social role, isn't allowed to get a job, that kind of thing. Um, friends might reject them for, for turning away from the majority religion of whatever the given country is. That's community pressure. But sometimes the community pressure in this case might boil over mm -hmm. and become violent persecution. Right. I mean, and we hear stories about this all the time. Uh, I, I remember stories, a uh, story from Southeast Asia recently where the family became Christians and all of a sudden, their house was targeted while they were inside. Violence started against them. And, uh, and the community, formerly, you know, their, their friends, their support network, basically turned against them because they had turned their backs on the traditional faith. Yeah. yeah. So that's an example of attacks. Another type of violent persecution would be, uh, sadly, sexual violence. Yeah, and, and this tends to uh, obviously be experienced much more by women than by men. Uh, now, this has been discussed at length on the podcast. Uh, we did one around International Women's Day, uh, which was the beginning of March. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But to sum it up, you know, women are persecuted. Christian women can be persecuted for their faith, but they can also be persecuted for their gender. And so it kind of it heaps on. They're doubly persecuted, right? So uh, sexual assault, abuse from their husbands, all those kinds of things, uh, that persecution can be targeted at them, not just because they're Christian, but also because they are women, a woman. Uh, and so, again, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, I think it's an incredibly important episode. I agree. Uh, we actually did another podcast a little while ago on violence, specifically in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. And uh, I, I also recommend listening to that podcast for further context, because uh, when we talk about violent persecution, the region of sub-Saharan Africa is moving to the forefront of the conversation. Right. And so if you're tracking with us, that's listen to the Afghanistan episode, listen <laughs> to the International Women's Day episode, and listen to the, the sub-Saharan Africa violence episode, okay? There you go. Okay. Lots of, lots of, lots of stuff to do in your car. Uh, yeah, so one of the most concerning trends uh, in persecution right now is just that, the increase of violence against Christians in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, we mentioned earlier, persecution score is based on these six different categories. Six, five of them are pressure, one of them is violence. Uh, and so when you totally, when you combine all those together, they get a total score. Uh, the number one country uh, with a score of, you know, somewhere between 97 and 98 is North Korea, uh, which is crazy. <laughs> is cra yeah. But in a hypothetical situation where the only thing we were counting was the violence score, North Korea would not be number one. It would be Nigeria. 
Yeah, Nigeria would be number one. We mentioned that uh, the score is taken 16 and two-thirds, six categories times 16 and two-thirds equals 100. Uh, Nigeria happens to have a solid, uh, a, a perfect score. I mean, An imperfect score perfect of 16 score. points. 16 and two-thirds out yeah. of 16 and two-thirds. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you know what other countries, if we were just doing the the most violent countries, do you know what other countries would round out the top five? Uh, so it, Here, would be, I have them written down. it would be Nigeria. Nigeria, 16 and two-thirds, yep. Pakistan, Which 16 is and two-thirds. Also 16 and two-thirds, you got it. Uh, those, two are the, yeah. those two are the most violent. And then number three, be, there's a drop. It would be in the top five is also, I believe, Cameroon. Number three, well done. Cameroon is number 45 on the world watch list as a whole. Jumps up to number three if you're just considering violence. It's quite something. Burkina Faso? Burkina Faso is number six. Ooh, outside of the top five. Out, out, of, out of violence exclusively. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Mozambique. Number seven. Okay, here, let, let me put it to you this way, Andrew. Um, I've got them written down here. There are 14 countries with a score of 15 or higher uh, in just the violence category. You've got Nigeria, Pakistan, Cameroon, Mozambique, Burkina Faso. That is five. Yeah. Can you rat also, rattle off uh, the DRC? The DRC is number eight. Uh, yeah. Just give me a minute to look at countries in my in my mind. Um, other violent countries. Uh, so I, okay, Nigeria. Burkina Faso, Cameroon, DRC, Central African Republic. That's number five. Good job. Okay. Uh, I said Mozambique. You'll uh, notice he's very much focusing on sub-Saharan Africa. I want to say that uh, Somalia. Somalia doesn't hit 15 on the violence score. Okay. Uh what other countries? So I do know that of the top 20 violent score countries, yeah. 13 of them come from Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm mentioning Sub-Saharan Africa. So I would also say violent score, though, would probably be uh, Kenya. Nope. No, Ken I don't think Ken Kenya, Kenya, but it's just I'm matter. thinking Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, Niger. Niger is number 12. You're up there. Yep. So I'll, I'll tell you then. Oh, you want to keep guessing? Mauritania. No. Mali. Mali's number thirteen. Yeah. It was one of the two. I knew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the one you're missing in the top five is actually not in sub-Saharan Africa, and that's India. India, yeah. right? I should have known that one. So, yeah. Uh, Tanzania, uh, Myanmar is actually up there as yeah. well. Um, the uh, the one that surprised me actually is South Sudan which doesn't crack the top 50 most persecuted right. countries. In fact, this. it's way below the top 50. But when you're just accounting for yeah. violence, it goes up there, which just goes to show how volatile a yeah. region sub-Saharan Africa is, is sadly becoming. Violent persecution is growing the most in Nigeria. And there's different reasons for this. The, the biggest reason is the rise of extremist groups, uh, militant groups, jihadist groups have been gaining presence in the mm -hmm. area since uh, 2020, 2019, um, or significantly rising since then. And religious minorities 
are vulnerable targets for them. Right. So if you follow along with Open Doors elsewhere, uh, such as on our social media, Jared will be happy about that, uh, or our email list, you'll probably have seen this the latest tragic example of such violence uh, coming out of Nigeria. Uh, but why don't you talk about that, Jared? Tell us about it. Sure. So uh, this would have been on Good Friday, just a few weeks back. And what happened was there was a massacre in a Nigerian camp for internally displaced persons. So uh, this camp uh, is a, a shelter, a haven for Christians who have lost their home already or have been the victims of attacks. So if your village or, or home is attacked, you can bring your family to this uh, internally displaced persons IDP camp for at least some semblance of shelter and community with other Christians. The camp is largely populated by women and children because the men are more likely to return home and try to raise crops or, or restore a home or make a living. And, uh, and the camp is intended to be a safe place. It was supposed to be in a safe location. And on Good Friday, one of the camps uh, that we know of in Nigeria was attacked by a group that is suspected to have been Fulani militants. And 32 people were killed, mostly women and children, uh, killed in the evening of Good Friday. Yeah. Hearing about violent incidents like that is uh, is difficult. Yeah, it doesn't get easier. Ever. It's heartbreaking. Uh, but our prayer is for Nigeria. Our prayer for Nigeria is that the church will be strengthened despite the horrors of violent persecution like this. Uh, we wanted to tell you, uh, we wanted to share that story with you so that you can be praying. But we wanted to tell you about an upcoming, upcoming campaign that we have that will involve praying and standing with our persecuted family in Africa specifically. I know that campaign uh, is called Arise Africa. Arise Africa is a, a, an, an international campaign uh, for the next four years to unite Christians like you and me with our brothers and sisters across the Saharan Africa to stand up against violent persecution together. So by 2027, like Open Doors has some stated goals, some aims for this. And so the first one is that uh, by the 2027, in just four years, that we will be helping 4 million Christians in Africa alone uh, as they face this extreme violence. So we'll be supporting them spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Uh, we, we, we aim through this campaign to see the global church awakened and actively praying, giving, and speaking out about what's happening and we want to campaign for change on the ground to counter extremist ideology and rampant violence. That's right. So we'd like to extend the invitation to you to join us in the Arise Africa campaign starting next month, starting in May. And the first way that we want to see the Canadian church standing together for our persecuted family in Africa is through prayer. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to introduce you to the week of prayer, uh, the Arise Africa week of prayer. And this is coming up May 7th through 14th. Each day, there's going to be a new uh, focused area of prayer that we're asking all of you across Canada or wherever you are to, uh, to join us in mm -hmm. praying for our brothers and sisters in Africa. Now, you can do this by going to opendoorscanada.org slash ariseafrica, and we'll make sure the link for that is in the podcast, uh, in the podcast description. Uh, and there you'll be able to sign up for the week of prayer. You can download uh, the little booklet that I have in my hand, and that'll give you information prayer requests, stories about uh, African Christians, and it'll help inform your prayers for Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, besides that, you can follow along with us on social media or our email list where you'll get daily updates about prayer and guided prayer videos and things of that sort. Uh, so we really hope that 
all across Canada, churches and Christians can stand together uh, in prayer for our brothers and sisters in Africa, because we believe that is the first and the most important step. Yeah, absolutely. And so we want to stand up against violent persecution, and our first step is through prayer. Uh, so let's do that now. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Africa. Father God, we lift up to you uh, our brothers and sisters in across sub-Saharan Africa who are facing such... Uh, such violence, Father God. We ask, Father, one, that you protect our family members, protect your church, Father God, from this violence. God, I pray that amidst violence, God, that those who have experienced violence, those who have experienced uh, these very traumatizing events, God, I pray that they would get help, that they would get uh, trauma healing, Father God, that they would be able to process what they've been going through, Father God, and that they would uh, find peace in you, Father God. I pray, Jesus, that you would uh, rise up, raise up the church across Africa, God, to be examples of Christ even amidst this terrible persecution. Father God, we think of the Arise Africa campaign. God, I pray that you would stir the church to action, God, here in Canada and around the globe, Father God, on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Africa. God, I pray that Christians in the world will be convicted to pray, to speak out, and to give, God, that that uh, your church would be strengthened across Africa. God, we think of this goal to help 4 million Christians, Father God. Uh, we put that in your hands, God. We ask that it would happen. Jesus, we think specifically of those who lost loved ones in this attack on Good Friday. Father God, may they know your closeness, even as they can no longer know the closeness of their loved ones. Father God, be with them. God, may they know that they are not forgotten and not alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Usually at the end of the podcast, we close by saying uh, uh, subscribe to the podcast and follow on social media. I feel like we've said each of those things multiple times already. And you got three episodes. To and you got three to. episodes to listen to. So let me reiterate, uh, opendoorscanada.org slash ariseafrica for your week of prayer booklet, as well as more resources and more information about how you can pray for Africa. And, uh, and do follow us on social media accounts uh, at Open Doors Canada for more prayer requests, stories, and updates about the persecuted church. And we'll see you again next week. God bless. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for more information and more prayer points for persecuted Christians around the world, you can follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada or visit our website, opendoorscanada.org forward slash pray. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.